Bell. Uh, Joy's not here tonight. But um, I, I was at the hospital yesterday, and you can tell she was reeling in pain. Um, but she recognized me. And uh, she was able to move uh, her right hand. And uh, we stood our ground. And we prayed for a while. And uh, sometimes when I'm praying for people, and this is not me, it's the Lord. But the Lord helps us some, sometimes. When I, I don't feel anything most times. But whenever I feel a heat over my body while I'm praying, I, I know something is going on. <laughs> don't know exactly what it is. But I know what's going on. But uh, the doctors were saying she's in and out. And uh, the doctor said uh, what we see in the scan doesn't match what we're seeing in her. And we don't understand. But we think she's in and out. And there's a chance we may lose her, something of that sort. And no, uh, she's not through yet. But uh, we prayed, and uh, today I got a word, the pains are gone. She's sitting back up, so she's doing much better. And uh, Pete told me, he be, they're saying in the next few days, she should be out of there. So God is faithful. Please continue to pray. It's a, a fighting. You have to fight. And uh, you can tell she wasn't, she wasn't going to take it. She's going to stay, and, and there's nothing God cannot do, which is part of my message tonight, okay? There's nothing that's impossible if we will fight and believe God. Uh, I have other testimonies. I'm going to share. I've had testimonies coming, very bad situations, but they changed. I mean, for really the better. Uh, this morning after prayer, I left, and I got a call, and that was very severe. But by evening, everything turned around in a very, very positive way. And I'm very grateful to God. So we know that God is is good and he's faithful. Would you please stand up? And um, we're going to recite this. The Lord God has given me the tongue of the learned, that I should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to hear as the learned. The Lord God has opened my ear, and I was not rebellious, nor did I turn away. Amen. Tonight, I want to, uh, I title the message. <coughs> I have to tell you how, how this is. I have a title. That's what it is. I will just be praying, and I get the title, but I don't know where it's going. That is scary. And I say, God, can you give me more? Where are we going with this? Okay. Uh, but I like the title. Okay. But where to go with it is what I don't know. But God is faithful. You do your studies, but he gives words. Sometimes while I'm coming to church and I'm still begging, still, you got to be real. I think I was reading, my wife and I were listening for, to Jason Franklin. You, you are not an expert. You're always begging, God, please give me something. I need some fresh bread, okay? <laughs> and it's wonderful. Don't know how this goes. But title, the roaring lion can't hurt you. He's just roaring. Amen. 
The roaring lion can't hurt you. I want to go back to Revelation so to give you some things, some insight tonight. The way I see and the way I believe the Bible is telling us things here. In Revelation chapter 12, all of us, most of us know these scriptures very well. He says, then I heard a loud voice saying in heaven. So there was fighting going, but then there was a loud voice saying in heaven after Satan is being cast down because they have overcome the enemy. Now salvation and strength. So now salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ have come. Where was he before? But it's come. Because of for the accuser of our brethren who accused them before our God day and night has been cast down. So whenever your heart receives salvation, that means Satan is being cast out of your life. He's being cast down. Now, after he's cast down, the power of God you begin to feel. It's already there for you because the work is already finished from the foundation of the world. The work was finished from the foundation of the world. We're living it out. But now, after, when he's been cast down, cast out of your life, then you feel the salvation. You have the strength. The kingdom of God lives within you now. In other words, the king is in your life now. The king is seated on the throne in your life. So you feel the power, you feel the salvation, and you feel that power of his Christ, the Messiah. You feel that. But now we're talking about heaven. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb. So God gives us a secret here. How this is done. They overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. So testimony is very important. I got to stop there. If after you have seen people get prayed for, they get healed, but they are afraid to speak. The salvation has come, right? The healing is taking place. You need to completely overtake, I mean, overcome the enemy. You got to speak. I said it this morning with regards to sickness. Sickness is spiritual. It is. Every sickness is spiritual. If sickness doesn't have its root in the spirit realm, how is it that you are able to pray and cause healing just by laying hands? How? Because sickness has its root in the spirit realm. The manifestation is in the natural. From the spirit to the natural. That's the way it works. From the beginning, God spoke spirit realm and then the natural. 
So we got to watch what we say and how we behave. Because once it's spoken and you accept it, it's coming. You got it. Testimony. The word of your testimony. People are saved, uh, healed, but they want a few days to go by uh, and so that they can test it. Uh, because they say, I don't want to lie. Why are you going to lie when the pain is gone? You just want to be sure. You know what's going on? Satan, I mean, I'm using healing. But it is the same principle in every area of life. This is what he said. Once you can know that God has started the work in that situation, that's the time to start proclaiming it. Because you know based on the word of God, whatever God starts, he finishes. All I need to know is, is God's hand in this thing, and I can feel a little movement in the trees. Now it's time to run with it. And not to hold back for a greater movement. Because whatever God starts, whatever God starts, he finishes. I just need to know his hand is in it. Now there is going to come anxious moments, and what's happening, Satan is trying to get you from your confidence in God. And if you lose the confidence, you lose the miracle. So he shakes you with those, what I call, false symptoms. Now, I'm not just talking about healing. False symptoms in the appearance. And when you buy into it, like I said, you sign in for the package, you sign for the package, now it's, not, it's your baby. There's nothing you can do with it. So understand, they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb. We have the blood we can always overcome with the blood. The blood's always with us. The blood is a living being. The blood of the Lord Jesus. I don't understand it, but it's there for us. And the Bible reveals it to us that we can use this power of the blood to overcome. They overcame him and they will continue to overcome him by the blood of the Lamb. Not only that, but also by the word of their testimony. You're fighting, if they are overcoming him with the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony, that means while they are still fighting, they are already testifying, we already beat, I mean you beat me. Amen? So we understand that. They overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. And they did not love their lives to the death. That's the issue here. You fight and you're not giving up. We give up too soon. Because we live in a day-to-day situation. But God knows it. And God says, don't let go of your confidence. That's in Hebrews. Don't let it go. Why is he telling us that? Because the circumstances, God knows. The circumstances will appear in your life and in my life to make us feel this is a lost cause. There's nothing, nothing's going to happen. It's happening to all of us. But we have to understand the revelation God's given to us. And say, well, as long as I know God's hand is in this, and it's going to be completed. You don't give up. We give up too quickly. We give up too quickly. That's why Jesus told us in, in um, uh, Luke chapter 18, men ought always to pray and not to faint. 
or give up. So when that, those, those symptoms are coming at you, go back and pray. And most, some of your prayers should be your confession. Saying, God, I believe you. I believe I receive. Like that man, Lord, I believe. Help my own belief. I'm struggling. But look, I still believe in you. And God will come through. God will come to understand this is all that is going on to make you, get you discouraged. That's just the uh, lion roaring. He can't hurt you. He really can't. Because you got the blood. And you got your testimony. Sometimes I share with people, you know, be, let's just be very careful. And Satan wants to make you lose your testimony. But sharing with some people, once your testimony is compromised, the power is gone. Power of influence. And so Satan is working hard to make, make your testimony compromise. That's, that's his job. To make sure your testimony is compromised. Where you feel powerless. Because you can't speak. Because you see the same. What are you talking about? You having the same. So the power is gone. Still the same person, but the power is gone. So we have to watch the testimony is very, very important. You know, like, if it is going to affect, it doesn't just affect you. It affects everybody else. It's not you alone. You have to be very careful. We have to be because it's not just affecting you. Your children are watching. And when you're fearful, guess what? They get fearful as well. They see anxiety in your face. You're not helped. You are not strong. In church, they see you. Hello. <laughs> but at home, you're different and fearful and all of that. They're big. They'll get it from you. It's not real. Okay? It's not real. They need to see strength in the face of difficulty. No strength in yourself. Now is come salvation and strength. Strength in God. He is the strength of my life. That's what the scripture is saying. He is the strength of my life. And you start making your confession. And they can see it. And you don't even know what's going to happen. If there's going to be a change. But the kids are watching. They know the situation. And when they finally see a change, they say, yeah. There is a God. Angela and I, we've experienced it just recently with one of our kids. It was a very tough situation. I mean, we're totally helpless. But we stood praying. We got to fast. And we watched that situation change. And then my child would call. Hey, I'm going to be doing this. Would you all pray? This is the word she, I suppose. <laughs> she never did that much before. She's very collected. She did it on her own. But now she can find when they pray, and she couldn't understand it because she thinks it's going this way. And I'm saying, how do you know? Wait. And then it goes the other way. And she's surprised. And now there is so much confidence. He's sitting inside of her. We don't get any calls anymore. We get calls of encouragement. Amen. We are being encouraged. I don't worry about it. We're fine. Because you stand firm. The word never fails. And I've said it before, God never overlooks faith. And Sunday we say, you have faith. You already have. 
Every one of us have. We just need to use it. But we are afraid to use it because we're looking at what we can see with our eyes and what we're experiencing right there. And we think this cannot change. And then without, how is it going to change? With man, it is impossible. But with God, nothing. Can you all say it with me? You guys are too quiet. Nothing is impossible. Nothing. 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 God can do it. It may be dark today. And usually it's darkest. I think about David right before he became king. Remember that? A few days, maybe a day or two, he was going to be the king. But all his men were crying the day before. And saying, so discouraged, they wept to the point where they couldn't weep. Some of them couldn't fight anymore. And if they knew that a few days later, they will, be, they will become generous in Israel and, and the king, they won't be crying that much. But God doesn't allow it. He lets you live in that situation for you to know, get your strength. So that in the future, when it's dark, you know something good is about to happen. Amen. When it's really doubtful and it's really painful, uh, it's going to be good the next day. Amen. So, he says in the scripture here, they love not their lives to the death. You just don't give up. As long as Jesus is still alive and you are still in human flesh, because that's the body he took. After death, no remedy. Because you are no longer in the flesh. There is a man with flesh seated with the Father right now in heaven. And as long as you are in this body, no matter how wicked you've been, there's still hope. No matter how wrong you've li- how wrongly you've lived your life, as long as you are still in this flesh, there is hope. God can still come in and help. You just need to change yourself, readjust your heart, and watch Him work. God can accomplish in one day what I've been struggling to do in 50 years. God can do that in just one day. So don't ever give up. But look at what it says in verse 12. Therefore rejoice, O heaven. Who is to rejoice? Heaven. And you who dwell in them. Not only just the heaven. If you dwell in heaven, you should rejoice. But then he says, Woe to the inhabitants of the earth. That's strange. The inhabitants of the earth, that's not just man. Okay? That's not just man. If you, if you live on the earth, animals, all of that. You know, it tells us in um, Romans chapter 8, the whole creation groans. Right? The whole creation they, they groan, so it's affecting them. So if you're inhabitants of the earth, they're waiting for the, the revealing of the sons of God. In other words, when God transforms our body into what we should be. But now we are on the earth. This is what's going on. Both are the inhabitants of the earth and of the sea. So humans don't live in the sea, right? So you know, everybody's having the pain because of Satan's presence. Just because of Satan's presence. 
For the devil has come down to you having great wrath. He's very angry because he knows that he has a short time. Amen. So, when you are going through something and you're praying, hey, here is Doug. (laughs) I blew your cover. Welcome back, brother. We can do this, okay? Can you forgive me? I'm just excited to see my brother. (laughs) Wonderful. We'll talk tomorrow, okay? Give me a call. (laughs) He come. So basically, when you're going through something and it's really hard, and you think, wow, I've blown it, things are really going the other way. Guess what? The enemy is angry because he knows his time in your life is short. Amen? He knows he has a short time. He's going to be kicked out of your life. But the the revelation here is this. The people in heaven, they're rejoicing. You know what God did? God drove him from heaven. He came to live here. Now God came and drove him out of our hearts, right? And Jesus now lives in your heart. Everywhere Jesus lives, everywhere Jesus is seated on the throne, where is that? Heaven. Amen? the, The heaven is inside of you. He has no authority there. You should be rejoicing. Everything else is a false symptom, the way I put it. We should be rejoicing. And you know, God specializes in kicking the devil uh, from heaven to the earth. And then now he's going to be put down into the bottomless pit. So he keeps falling. May that be your portion in Jesus' name. Satan be kicked out of your life. The only access Satan has to our life is sin, through sin. So Romans chapter 6 Verse 17 tells us, God actually took sin out of your heart. He tells you, he gives you a new heart and a new spirit. So sin doesn't live there. Satan cannot live in clean places. He likes it filthy. Even if he has to live with hugs, okay? He likes it filthy. So when God has cleansed your heart, he cannot live there. We are no longer his slave. The Bible tells us in Romans chapter 6 verse 17, But God be thanked that though you were slaves of sin, yet you obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine to which you were delivered. And having been set free from sin, you became slaves of righteousness. You are no longer a slave. You are no longer a slave to Satan. He has no authority over your life. You might sleep, but you are not a slave. You can't be enslaved, so he cannot influence your life. He may roar, but he cannot hurt you. You are not a slave. A, 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 a slave owner can go around beating another slave owner's slave. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? The master is not, what are you doing beating up my, on my slave? You are a slave of righteousness. Amen. You are a slave of righteousness. 
And when you slip, righteousness should be the one to discipline you. Amen. Get you back in track. We're free from the enemy's dominion. Satan doesn't have power over our lives anymore. Right now, because we have, Jesus lives in us and heaven lives in us, we have become ambassadors for Christ. The Bible tells us that. We represent him now against the enemy because he's still holding other people captive. But to, to God, you have become an employee of heaven. You have been employed by heaven. And Jesus said, the laborer is worthy of his hire. Every one of you are employees of heaven. And God takes notice of everything that you do for reward. We are ambassadors for him. Peter tells us this very clearly about the enemy. First Peter chapter 5 verse 8. Be sober. That's why I don't understand when Christians say it's okay to drink a little bit. Hello. Many times I want to say, well, I drink a few glasses. I never get drunk. And that's good. Where is the intoxication police in your house to, to test you to be sure whether you're drunk or not? And when do you know when you're drunk? When you are falling all over? These are the questions. The Bible is clear. Abstain from all appearances of evil. I don't need that stuff. I don't need it. God's provided all that great stuff. You can argue. I don't want to argue doctrine with you. You can, drop, you can argue. If you want to drink, that's your problem. The Bible says uh, you, the one who has red eyes and is struggling is the one who sits on with wine. You can do what you want. That's up to you. But it's, 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 it's not acceptable. You, we are to be sober because we have an enemy. It's a life fight. Can you imagine a soldier of the United States at war in Iraq and he's drunk with his gun? He's not coming back home. You know, there was a funny thing. Um, um, a, pr- a guy was arguing with a preacher back in Nigeria when I was newly saved. That delivered me quickly. And um, this guy was arguing. He says, but Paul said to drink a little wine for your stomach's sake. If he's wrong, why is Paul telling him to drink a little wine for his stomach's sake? And this preacher gave him this scripture and that scripture he just will not accept. So he said, now, brother, come over here. I'm a man of God. You've seen God use me in healing. I'm going to pray for you so you can have Timothy's problem, and then you can go home and drink. The guy said, no, I don't want that prayer. Don't pray over me like that. You want Timothy's kind of problem? He can have it. Go home and drink. He decided that was not good. That was the end of that argument. But he says, be sober, be vigilant. Don't just sit still. Be vigilant. 
Because you're adversary, you have an enemy. Every Christian, I didn't realize there was a devil in the world. Right after I got saved, it, it, was, it became very obvious. That's when I knew, without a doubt, there is a devil that I couldn't see. I was totally clueless. That's why you hear them say there is no God. And they, from their perspective, they're right. They don't feel him. And they don't feel the enemy. But right after I got saved, I knew there was a devil in the world. You got to fight things coming at you, thoughts, and then people saying things to me. It was shocking to me. I couldn't believe what was going on. I started asking the Lord, God, is this what it means to be a Christian? When your family is fighting you so hard and they are ready to beat you up just for going to church, it became very clear to me. Something, there's something about this. But the good thing is it drove me closer to God. I had to draw near to him because it was obvious there's a devil in the world and I don't want to be with him. How would I live with the devil through eternity in hell? don't want to see his face. But he says... To be vigilant, to be sober, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion. Notice what it says, like a roaring lion. He's like one, but he's not really one. He's like one, he can only devour you if you're scared of him and you give him the opportunity. But now Christ lives in you and he has nothing in you. He has, if you give him access, he'll come. And he'll find a way to destroy you. But it's like a lion without teeth and no claws. He can't kill you. But he can oppress you with his roar. In I've watched National Geographic. As soon as a lion roars, the animals all like, they're all scattered. They scatter. But that's as far as it can go when it comes to me. But the real lion lives in us. Amen. He's called the Lion of Judah. Amen. The other, those are imitations. The real lion lives in us. It's like the male lion with the cheetah. The cheetah can do whatever, make it. The lion looks and don't even pay attention. Because he's the lion and he lives in us. But look at what the scripture here says. He seeks whom to devour. That means he knows everybody cannot be devout. Right? If you can devour everybody, why seek? They're around. Just devour all of them. I am, and you are one of the individuals he cannot devour. That's what the scripture is saying. But to get to that status in life, you have to be vigilant. You have to be sober in the Christian faith. Not sometimes in, sometimes out. No consistency so you don't grow. It's good to be around adults when when you're dealing with children. Especially if it's dangerous out there. So if you are a baby Christian, you should be around adults until you're grown. 
But this in and out thing that I see Christians doing all over, you can't stay steady. And what that reveals is you're double-minded. And a double-minded person is unstable in some of his ways, right? All of his ways. All of his ways. Everything they do, they're double-minded. And you see, God says, I can't do business with people like this. Because today, God's good. Tomorrow, they can't tell whether God's good or not. You got to be vigilant. Sober, according to the scriptures. Because if you're not, the enemy is going to devour you. You're double-minded, he is going to devour. We used to use the term backsliding. There are people coming to church, they are backsliding. They are doing crazy stuff. Sometimes they are more wicked than, than unbelievers. I mean, they treat people so badly. But they are in church and they go glory to God. And but at home, mean. There are women suffering at home because of the oppression from the men. But at church, he's an, he's an elder. That's happening. I tell you what, you make sure you are walking the narrow path. Because many people will not make it. I'm telling you, a lot of people, Jesus already said it. Your inconsistency, that's not going to work. They will turn virgins. We, we don't forget these things. You know, I can't, we have to plead with the Lord God, please give me grace so I can stay consistent. I don't know why they do what they do, but I know I'm not better than they are. I need your help. Holy Spirit, I need you. I need you every day. I don't want to do this crazy stuff. I don't want to be anxious in the presence of Jesus. If he comes today and I'm worried, God, can you wait two more days so I can write my day, write, make my life right? I don't want that. You know, you can get addicted. It takes just six weeks to eight weeks and you have a new problem. Maybe you don't see it as a problem. After a while, you begin to make excuses for it. Why is this so wrong? And then you can see all everybody else that is going to church that is doing the same thing. And now you're comfortable. The Bible, I just read it a few days back. It says, let's hand join hand, hand together. The wicked person is not going to go unpunished. Let all of them be doing it. They all will perish. Remember the scripture? I mean, I'm talking to the wrong crowd tonight. Maybe it's Sunday morning. <laughs> uh, the, the blind lead the blind. They all fall into this. They all die. But let me get back to the message, okay? <laughs> so, the Bible tells us uh, very clearly there, resist him steadfast in faith. I found out that if you don't resist Satan, He's just going to, he's going to take over. I, I, that's, that's his nature. There is no, you can't be nice to the enemy. You got to find a place where you fight back. And in fighting, it's not using your hands. Go to a quiet place. Yell at the enemy. Fight him. And say, what you're doing, he's not going to work in this house. He's not going to work in this house, your family. No, we're not accepting it. 
When we are sad, do you know the reason we are sad? Because we've lost faith. We don't know what's going to happen. But the book says we won, right? So I got to stay with the book, even though the situation is really painful. Resist. Steadfast. How do you resist? Steadfast in the faith. You use your faith to say, I still believe God in spite of what I see with my eyes. I find something, as I said on Sunday, I find something to hold on to. One of the things I was telling Bell yesterday, Bell, your work is not over yet. You still want to teach children. And she, yeah, that's what I want. They are not dying. Amen. Your mind says, okay, what if she dies? So, what? But I stand with God. Amen. I'm going to stand with God regardless. The work is not over and I'm not permitted to go home. If God gives you an assignment to do, the assignment is not completed and God still wants you to do it, who can kill you? What cancer can come and take you out when God says, I still have work for him to do. So God has to apologize to his cancer and say, hey, cancer, could you please leave him alone? I still have some work. Uh-uh. Until I'm satisfied, I'm going nowhere. I can't die until I finish the work. I will satisfy you with long life. But you have to resist the enemy. Because he doesn't know that. He knows what the word says. But he wants to twist it and then make you believe that what you're feeling is the right thing. And if you don't know the word, then he can deceive you. But then when you resist him, steadfast in the faith. He says he's seeking those to the bow. But you are, not, you, are not, you are not that one. Because you can resist him. Steadfast, knowing the word of God. Even though your brothers, are, your other brothers are experiencing it. But in James chapter 4 verse 7, he says, Therefore submit to God. That part is really good. Amen? Because we don't have what it takes. The submission is God, you know, I can't do this. This is spiritual work. And I'm just going through for the first time. Maybe you've done something in the past. You have a little experience. If you work with people, you realize everybody's problem, even if they tell you I'm suffering from this, it's still not the same. You're dealing with a different individual. You, have, you still have to depend on God. God, what's going on here? Please. Until he gives you revelation, you'll be wasting your time. And God will do that if we talk to him. That's my message on Sunday. God will do that. He will, if we ask him, he will, he will talk to us. He will. And give us direction. But it says, therefore submit to God, resist the devil, and it tells you what the outcome will be when you resist, he'll flee from you. If you don't resist, he'll cling to you. If you resist, he'll leave you alone. But this stuff is, please devil, would you just leave me alone? He doesn't understand that kind of language. From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of God suffers violence and the violent ones take it by force. 
you have the power to resist today because you're different now. The king lives in you. You know, you're not alone anymore. Amen? Maybe before you were alone, but now I can never be alone. I don't feel alone. God's always with me. Whether my family is there or not, no matter where I am, God's with me. Not because I deserve it. He came to me, right? God came from heaven to us. Not that we deserve it. He was looking for us. I've, I've welcomed him. I've welcomed him into my life. He's not going anywhere. He's with me everywhere I go. And Jesus made that promise to us. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. Why? Because we're going to need him from time to time. And he's there for us. According to the scriptures. He says in Ephesians chapter 2 verse 11. Therefore remember that you before one Gentile in the flesh. Who are called uncircumcision by, the, by what is called the circumcision made in the flesh by hand. That at that time. Before we knew Christ, at that time, you, you were without Christ. So, right now, that was then. But now, I have Christ. You have Christ. There was a time when you were without a Savior. Christ is the anointed. He is the Savior. What do you need saving from? The Savior is here. You were at a time without Him. And we've all been there. Even if you're a Jew, time before you, Christ came into your life. Then you were without Christ, being an alien from the commonwealth of Israel, that's the house of God, the family of God, and strangers from the covenant of promise. So, you have a covenant and promise. Because you are a child of God. The promise, notice, he didn't say from the covenant, right? Is the covenant of promise. Covenant of promise. What promise? The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Psalm 103, verse 1. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. Don't forget all of his benefits. First benefit, he forgives all. So if he's forgiven all your iniquities, you don't have any iniquity anymore. And if you say you have iniquity, you're lying. Oh Lord. Because God says you don't have. So let God be true and every man a liar. And if you don't have iniquity, Satan means, that means you are clean. And Satan doesn't like dirty, he doesn't like clean places. He leaves you alone. You're free. Without God, it says, being alien from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenant of promise, having no hope. So what do you have today? You have all hope. No hope or hope. You were before no hope and without God in the world. That's a dangerous place to be. To be in this world 
where Satan is and you have no God over your life. That's dangerous. That's really serious. But today, I have God in my life. I don't have to worry about anything. God lives with me. So, first thing, I have three things, and I'm going to go through them quickly because I don't have too much time. Number one, we are free from Satan's dominion. Completely free from Satan's dominion. We, God has conveyed us from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of God's light. In other words, when we are no longer there, and that's why heaven lives in us today, and we are no longer part of his kingdom. He, he has no authority over our lives. He says in Colossians 1 verse 12, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us. So every one of you is qualified to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints and light. A lot of inheritance. One of the promise, covenant promise, if the Lord makes you free, you are free indeed. All I have to do is believe that. That's a covenant promise for the saints in light. He has delivered us from the power of darkness. Satan doesn't have dominion. I don't have to be afraid of devil. I know they are my enemies, but they can absolutely do nothing to me. They can only do what I allow them to do in my life. That's just the scriptures. He has delivered us, not going to. He has delivered us from the power of darkness and he has conveyed us into the kingdom of his son. So the kingdom of his son, that's heaven. Eternal life is right here. We have eternal life. Not going to have eternal life. We have it right now. And the Bible tells us no weapon formed against us. You know Isaiah 54 verse 17 no weapon formed against you shall prosper. And every tongue that rises up against you in judgment, the Bible says to condemn. That means words matter. Whatever you said over your life, disallow it. That's one of the things. Doctors, they, they're telling the facts. I don't fight doctors. They're telling you the facts. I like them. You know why? Because they show you how to pray, right? <laughs> they tell you what the problem is. So you know how to focus your prayer and where to resist the devil. And they tell you to do whatever, I'll do whatever they want. That, to me, is my point of contact to tell the devil, you're not going to kill me. I will fight you till the very end. And I'm going to take whatever it takes to get well. Amen? I'm going to trust God. I'm going to trust God. Amen. No weapon formed against me will prosper. It means what he just said. No weapon. No matter how hard that thing is, God's going to free me from it. He says this is the heritage, in order the inheritance of the servants of the Lord. And you are God's servant. And this is your inheritance. And in, I believe in Psalm 149, it says this privilege has all the saints of God. That's your privilege. That's your inheritance. According to the word of God. And God says, and their righteousness, the reason why this can't happen to you is because you have righteousness. And there's no better righteousness than the righteousness from God. 
So because you have the righteousness of God in you, and God says the reason why no weapon will form, formed against them can work in your life is because you have his righteousness. He's the breastplate of righteousness. The shield of faith. So nobody can have, not, no weapon can destroy you because of that. You see, but Satan, again, the, the battle is in the mind. You've got to stay with God's word and you have to be transformed by the renewing of your mind through the word. So the word transforms our mind. So no weapon from the... And I like this scripture. Luke chapter 10 verse 19. Luke chapter 10 verse 19. It says, Behold, look. That's the word, the meaning of that. Look, I give you the authority. How many have the authority tonight? How many have been using the authority tonight? Okay. Behold, I give you. So if Jesus is giving me, I have it. And if you don't have it, why don't you just stretch your hand and receive it? Because Jesus is giving it to you. He says, look, look, I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. All means all. All the power of the enemy. No matter how they scheme, it won't work. Because I have power over all the power of the enemy. And he says, nothing shall by any means, any means, no matter how hard they try, hurt you. Nothing. There's nothing they can do that's going to hurt. Does it mean they won't try? They will. That's why it's a fight. But it's a good fight. It's called the good fight of faith. Because I believe what God just said. God has said it. Nothing shall by any means hurt you. Sometimes when I've, I've said this here before, you're casting out devils. There used to be a lot of lies in, in Christendom, Christendom about casting out devils. They have all these strange things like don't pray around, don't cast out devils around children because if you cast out, they, they will leave the person and go to the other person and this demon is so strong. What, what strong demon? There is no strong demon. They all have been paralyzed. <laughs> Amen. There are no strong demons. If they are strong, I've got the stronger man. When the stronger man gets in, he binds the strong man. And guess what he does? He throws all his goods, all, all everything that he's relying on, he throws them off. And that scripture is true. We got that stronger man living in us. So, nothing shall by any means hurt you. So, I tell them, if the devil leaves one person and goes to the other person while we are doing ministration, then it's really dumb. Because we can go over, come after him after that. But let's go to the second one. We're free from sickness and disease. I'm not going to go much into that because we know. We talked a lot about that. Satan doesn't have that power over us. But also, we are free from want. Because the scripture tells us that. Second um, Corinthians chapter 8 verse 9. It says, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich. And you can read this in context. Rich is different for everybody. But what I'm trying to say is, God will take care of our needs. That's all. If all your needs are met, it's fine. 
You see, there are rich people in some countries of the world. They are rich because they have bicycles in their community. It's able to buy one. In America, everybody has a car. And so the rest of the world, they consider you rich. That's the way it is. But rich means all your needs are met. God will take care of them. And you, God, through work, walking through you, will take care of your needs. He will open doors for you. And he'll do that not one day and then leave you hanging the next day. He'll take care of you beginning from beginning till the end. Because what he starts, he finishes. What he starts, he finishes. But I have to remind myself what the scripture says. Jesus said, if you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children. Right? You take care of your children. How much more your heavenly father? That's the key thing. So I put my trust in God, telling myself, as long as God is, if God is somehow, some way, he's going to make a way for me. He's going to make a way for us to help us. I just have to be willing to cooperate with him in whatever way he is wanting to meet my need. Amen? Would you stand up with me tonight? It's time. So all the enemy can do is roar. Don't be afraid of it. There used to be a book long time ago, some of the younger people won't pick this up, or if you were not saved, uh, when there was PTL, praise the Lord, television. <laughs> Angela is too young to remember that. <laughs> but PTL, the guy wrote a book, there was a book, it says, Run to the Raw. In other words, when the enemy is coming at you, don't turn and try to run from him. Go after him. Amen? And he'll give in. Let's lift our hands up tonight. I just want us to do that before God. And um, decide in your heart. Every one of us going through something. But decide in your heart tonight. I'm not going to let Satan run over me. I've got God on my side. And the Bible says, if God be for us, who can be against us? What can be against you? Who means the enemy? And he can't do anything because God's on your side. So tell yourself tonight and settle it in your heart that no matter what you're going through, that you are going to have victory in this situation. When it's all over, remember the scriptures. All things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to His purpose. And you were called by Him because He has His purpose for your life. And His purpose will be fulfilled. And He has all the resources to meet that purpose in your life. So you will accomplish whatever God called you for. Every one of us is different. Every need is different. But God sees all of them. But he's El Shaddai. He knows everything. And he's able to provide for all of our needs. He's Jehovah Jireh. 
Amen. Father, we thank you tonight. I thank you for your people. We stand on your word. The word that cannot return to you void. You have sent the word. The word is a living being. And the word is in our heart tonight. And we can be free from every oppression of Satan. In whatever form, we can be free. You called us to be healthy, strong, having all our needs met. We are met, oh God, you have said in your word that we are totally healed mentally, emotionally, physically, spiritually, financially, in our relationships. All things are ours, oh God. All things belong to us. Every good and perfect gift you've given to us. And God, we're grateful to you tonight. We stand in faith, believing that no matter what we're going through tonight, that problem is resolved tonight in the name of Jesus. And the problem will not overtake our lives, but we will stand on your word. And having done all to stand, God, we will stand because you are with us, O God. We thank you for your love. Thank you for your mercy upon our lives. In Jesus' name, and God's people said, Amen. God bless you.